My name is Boyd Varty. I think of myself as an artist of experience. My passion is to create transformational experiences for myself and others as a way to explore what it means to truly live. My central exploration is to live on what I would call the track of your life. To me, this is to live courageously towards the discovery of what you are called to and to what life asks of you. So much of how I live has been informed by my passion as an animal tracker. I'm following the trail of my own life and reporting back. This show is a daily broadcast from a treehouse on the Londolozi Game Reserve in the wild eastern part of South Africa. Londolozi is a 14,000 hectare wilderness reserve adjacent to the Kruger National Park. The land is home to lion, leopard, rhino, elephant and buffalo, as well as a variety of other animals. I am your host, Boyd Varty. My goal is to spend 40 days and 40 nights alone in the wilderness to explore the archetype of the mystic in nature and hone my skills as a tracker. These are my daily stories. Day 18. Golden. Journal entry. People have a saying in South Africa for that feeling that everything is going your way. People say, we're looking golden. Maybe it's a throwback to the times when gold was discovered on the reefs around Johannesburg. The saying can be abbreviated to simply golden. How you doing, mate? Golden. Well, if this experience has its own ebbs of fortune, awarenesses, emotionalities, suffering and joy, right now, I'm looking golden. Literally this morning, as I found fresh tracks of a large pride of lions, the sun for a second set the mist around me alight with a beautiful diffusive gold. For a second I was bathed in honey. Then the mist lifted, revealing tracks of the pride walking into the Londolozi property. This is what I've been waiting for. Tracks were made after the morning dew. To a tracker, there is a strange kinetic nature to tracks. It's as if by looking at them with experience, you can feel the aliveness of the trail. The tracks kind of pop. Think of it as the way at certain times for a sportsman, the ball seems to grow in size because their eye is so trained to it. On certain trails, it's like you can't lose the track. The lions had been lying up. I could see the telltale outlines of sleeping cats. Then they arose and head, headed directly west along a dirt road. West was deeper into Londolozi. I was elated, maybe even overexcited, as I took my rifle from its bag and I pocketed my handheld radio. The lions headed along the road for about a kilometer, and then they cut north at a 90 degree angle. Here where they cut off the road, I scratched around a bit. It was difficult to find the track, but soon I was on their line of movement. Small, dewless trails through the grass where they had walked. The light was beautiful, and the smell of a fresh morning, totally invigorating. I was drifting easily with the subtle changes of directions the lions made as they walked must have been less than two hours before me, feeling totally in tune with their movement. Tracking in these moments is a beautiful combination of skill, concentration, and even somatic intelligence as your body feels the terrain. My shoes were soaked with wet grass but I felt like a bloodhound on a scent. 
the tracks blasted across another dirt road, and there was a wonderful moment to emerge from a, from a thicket where you never really see a clear track and see a beautiful clear pug mark telling you with absolute certainty you're on the right track. I thought of the famous tracking saying, I don't know where I'm going, but I know exactly how to get there. All you need is that next track. Here on this free morning, as I practice this skill, I'm trying to keep a dying art form alive in myself. What a strange thing. An art you cannot hang on a wall. An art that lives inside a person. If you keep tracking alive, I believe, you keep a thread to a way we used to be. A thread to another time. The track cut further north into another patch of thick bush. I'm flying along the trail now in total flow. No trying. No mind. It's just happening. As I approach another dirt road, I see a Land Rover up ahead of me and Chris, the Londolozi land manager, is out on patrol. He calls on the radio that he has just found a male leopard walking down the road. Suddenly, through the bush I can see his vehicle. I crouch down in long grass as he follows the leopard past, no more than 20 meters away from me. When the leopard is well past, I continue to follow the lions. It feels like everything is happening at once. Lion tracks, leopard, radio calls. The lions cut onto another road and then through a small dry watercourse called the Inyatini drainage, the place of buffaloes. They cross the drainage on a small road that links the southern bank with the northern side. Here they lie down, some on the road, some just off of it, flattening the long grass. Two other guides arrive by chance in their Land Rover. They are out making films for Londolozi's blog, also looking for lions. They want to join the tracking. To lovers of tracking, frankly, tracking Trump's solitude. So the three of us set off, me on the lead, ready for a few hours. Only 60 meters later, we hear a squirrel alarm. And then James behind me starts to click. That's the universal sign for pay attention. My eyes come up off the ground and there is a big male lion and a lioness looking back at us in the morning light. Gold cats in golden light. Golden. The male snarls, snarls without any real intention and we move back. The rest, the rest of the pride is in the long grass all around them. There is something so satisfactory about the process of following and finding what you were looking for in a huge wilderness using your own skills. I had been waiting for this morning of tracking. It was like I could feel it out there wanting me as much as I wanted it. What else can I feel? What do you want from life? But deeper, what is life asking of you? What call would you hear if you listened? It's 7.30 a.m., and I have lived the aliveness of 10 years. More presence is more life, not doing more. Something so tangible. I would like to write a book called The Dynamics of Satisfaction. The opening scene would be of a man out in the wild. The river next to his camp is flooding, and so he cannot bath in it like he has been doing for fear of crocodiles in the now murky water. Instead, he must decide to bath, make a fire, he does this slowly, being careful to use 
just enough wood. Then he fills a large tin kettle. The kettle looks beautiful on the coals, blackened by fire, wisps of smoke. The man sits quietly with the sounds of nature and the pop of the fire till the kettle hisses. Then he leaves it to cool, again noticing the birds around his camp. Then he takes the kettle and an enamel basin up into the tree. The man is of a romantic nature, so he wants to bathe where he can gaze down to the water. You have to understand he is dirty, muddy almost. Days of living rough with no mirror in the same clothes. He gets a fresh set of clothes and sets them down next to the bath, lemon-smelling soap. Then he stands in the enamel bowl and slowly pours the spout of hot water over him. The water is the perfect temperature. Just enough to get wet, then soap, then rinse. The water smells like wood smoke, warm and refreshing over his grimy face. A martial eagle flies low over the tree. Monkeys alarm at it nearby. This is not where our mind naturally goes when we think of bringing ourselves to more life, bathing. But this is where I'm finding it. I'm not saying we should all kettle bath, but I do feel like life and work in the realm of digital ether render the human mind satisfied with more productivity and the human animal lost, groping around for something real that can touch to affirm its inner meaningful life. I'm also aware out here, in the absence of this dynamic, how I have objectified myself. We think of ourselves as an object on a scale. If you have ever had the thought, I should be much further ahead in this phase of my career, or I'm not where I should be, then you have objectified yourself too. I'm not talking about a genuine ability to appraise one's need for growth and development. I'm talking about a continuous comparative dynamic that is structured into a culture where everything is automated and commoditized. Until your own psyche makes you a thing and judges how that thing is doing constantly, comparatively. You just need to think of how you drive yourself when you're exhausted. You would never do that to a child or an animal, but you do it to yourself. You do it when time is money and you're a machine thing. It's very inhumane. If what I'm saying doesn't make sense, you can just do the experiment. Just watch what you do to yourself when you start judging or comparing yourself. Then you will know what I mean about inhumane. Inside that mind, all the dimension of a person gives way to something terribly binary, good, bad. You're failing or succeeding, you're winning or you're losing. Maybe I should have just said that. All I want you to know from me out here is that that comparative dynamic is not you. It structures into the psyche in the context of a commodity life. It falls away after a week out here. I wanted you to know that and that my bath takes a lot of time to get ready and it's great. Yesterday evening, I followed my buffalo friend's tracks through the forest of trees behind the camp, out onto the back road and then to a wallow. From the wallow he cut down into the river and along a beautiful path that opened up into a grove of huge ebony trees. Two of the trees were connected by a perfect U-shaped swell of exposed roots. As I sat on the U between the trees, another branch rose up into a perfect ball and claw for my hand to rest on. The trees tower around this throne at the river's edge. I was king of the trees. I was the god Pan. 
I was a man in love with creation. Not comparative, but rather relational. Yes, relational. That is how nature structures a psyche. Perhaps that's what the mystics knew, is that in the wild we discover ourselves through connection to all creation. Connection, not isolation. You should listen to me. I'm king of the trees. Lots of love. Four zero out. This has been another episode of the Track Your Life podcast with Boyd Varty. Follow us on Instagram at Boyd underscore Varty, Twitter at Boyd Varty. Visit Boyd's website at boydvarty.com or subscribe to this podcast in your favorite podcast player. Please rate and review this podcast so that more people can find and enjoy it.